prayers, uh, whatever. Yeah. So um, this was also um, reported on by Discovery Channel, and this is what they said. It called it the blank, blank New Year's Eve celebration in the world. Oh. Okay, Andrew. Most spectacular. <laughs> no. The... Most spectacular, huh? Yeah. Most illuminating? No. That's pretty good. No. Uh, is most one of the words? No. No. Uh, do it again. What was the phrase? Blank, blank New Year's Eve celebration in the world. Brightest, biggest, striking, illuminating. Strikingly beautiful. Strikingly beautiful. <laughs> um, most unforgettable. Second biggest. Oh, second oh. biggest. Actually, uh. there are 100,000 people who go. Oh, to this a, festival. It's a small it's village, exciting. too. Yeah. But this year, they're postponing it because of COVID to mm. the summertime. Okay. okay. But if you want to go, you can still go now and um, set off a sky lantern. Okay. So. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. What's this all about? Why are they doing that? What's going on here? It's Curious John. What is he curious about today? At the beginning of the year, the National Taiwan Museum sent me a day planner filled with photos of curiosities from its collection that are about to go into a big new exhibit. The exhibit's not quite ready yet, but there were a few objects in the collection that I was just too curious about to wait. So this week, the museum staff has been kind enough to humor my curiosity about one set of these items in particular. These objects tell the story of a practice that was once common in Taiwan that would be unthinkable today. Foot binding. From the age of five or six, girls' feet would be wrapped in increasingly tight bandages that forced their toes downward beneath the soles and stunted the growth of their feet. By the time they reached adulthood, their feet would be tiny, hoof-like stumps. The smaller, the better, according to the beauty standards of the time. Today, museum researcher Li Ziming is here to talk about this famous or infamous practice and the objects from the museum collection that tell the story of its demise. Foot binding is an old Chinese practice, but not quite an ancient one. Mr. Li says it started among the elite of Imperial China's Northern Song Dynasty, which lasted from 960 to 1127. Bound feet were a sign of great wealth because women who'd undergone the years-long procedure were left unable to work. They weren't totally crippled, but they could only walk over short distances, and even then with a great deal of pain and effort. Their tiny feet were seen as highly attractive in themselves, but at least some of the attraction also came from the fact that having such tiny feet symbolized high status. Even the tottering wobble of women with bound feet came to be seen as a hallmark of feminine beauty. Over time, what the rich did filtered down the class ranks to those less well-off but still aspirational and fashion-conscious. Eventually, even relatively ordinary people might bind their daughters' feet, fearful that natural feet would make their daughters unattractive to suitors and kill their prospects for marriage. By the time Taiwan enters the picture, foot-binding was well-established in Chinese culture. We're talking about the 17th century, when large numbers of ethnic Chinese migrants started coming to Taiwan, and the imperial Qing dynasty conquered the western half of the island. As ethnic Chinese numbers continued to grow on Taiwan, footbinding became entrenched among their communities here, too. 
台湾差不多在清朝后期时候，大部分的闽南族群的女子几乎都有缠足，但是客家。There was one important exception: the Hakas. The Hakas are a subgroup of ethnic Chinese who stand apart from the rest with their own distinctive language and customs. Those Hakas who came to Taiwan tended to be poorer and needed all family members to work to make ends meet. Hence, their daughters' feet remained natural. Still, among the rest of the ethnic Chinese on Taiwan, the practice grew. No one seems to have challenged the idea of foot binding until the 19th century, when Western ideas began trickling in. 
Of course, foot-binding could not be undone, so what we see is a combination of young women not having their feet bound and older women with bound feet dying off. There are four objects in the museum collection that tell the story of foot-binding in the new exhibit. The first is a shocking painting done in 1900 that compares the natural foot and the bound foot. There are two views of each. One compares bound and unbound feet as they look to the naked eye, and the other is a bit like an x-ray of the bones. Above these pictures is a phrase written in classical Chinese in the hand of the director of civilian affairs on Taiwan, Goto Xinpei. The text says, it is only fully formed if it is natural. The shocking deformity of the bound foot compared to the natural one was the only further comment needed. To encourage people not to bind their daughter's feet, the Japanese authorities also gave out prizes and collectibles. For instance, there's a 1903 anti-foot-binding medal given to students, and a 1900 towel inscribed in the hand of Taiwan Governor-General Gentaro Kodama. The towel in particular is interesting because it's inscribed with a line from the ancient Chinese classic of filial piety, one of those lines from the classics we mentioned earlier that seem to cast foot-binding as an aberration in Chinese culture. The line says that the body is inherited from the parents, and not harming it is the first step towards filial piety. Finally, there's an anatomical model of a deformed foot, complete with the tiny slippers worn by women with bound feet. Mr. Lee says that women who had bound feet rarely exposed them. He says that only their husbands or other close relatives would have ever seen their feet without their slippers or tightly wrapped bandages on. But this anatomical model gives everyone an exact view of what a bound foot looks like underneath the bandages. It was meant to shock, and was actually put on display in the museum itself while this anti-foot-binding campaign was going on. After all, the museum was founded in 1908, in the middle of all this, as the Japanese Governor-General's Museum. The fact that the ancestor of today's museum belonged to the Governor-General is important to the story of these objects, which may have been lost otherwise. Mr. Lee says the reason they're in the museum's collection in the first place is that the Japanese colonial authorities deposited copies of all sorts of documents, posters, medals, and other memorabilia in the museum's archives. This weekend, as a big new exhibit opens, these objects are finally coming out of those archives to be presented to the public again, and a small corner with the objects we talked about today will remind Taiwan of the old foot-binding practice and make us think about what things we do today that may equally shock future generations. I am Curious John, and I'll see you again next week. Welcome to Tales from an Outlying Island, a series of short stories from the Taiwanese island of Qinmen, also known as Jinmen in Chinese. I'm Andrew Ryan. Today we're featuring the story, Can We Dance Now? by Catherine Curtis and Dave Peters. In the town of Bishan, on Qinmen, a Taiwanese island just off the coast of southern China, it is early autumn. Tonight is the Moon Festival, and Xiaoting needs to help her mama prepare for the barbecue and for the welcoming party for their new neighbors, a West African family that has recently moved to Kinmen. Xiaoting is sitting on the stoop of her home. She can't wait for the party to begin. 
Mama, can we dance now? Now, now, Xiao Ting. Mama hands Xiao Ting a list. We need these things first. Xiao Ting gets her new friend Nana Ya to help. Nana Ya loves to play. <laughs> As the two girls head out to find the items, Nana Ya turns to Xiao Ting. What do we need? Mama says we need food. Do we need some chicken? Xiao Ting looks at the list to see if it says chicken. No, we need some pomelos. Some what? Nana Ya laughs as she pictures chickens dancing on a box of pomelos. <laughs> Let's go get some. So Xiao Ting and Nana Ya get a box of pomelos and carry it back home. They pass by an old Minan-style gate not far from where they live. Now, what do we need? Baba says we need music. Baba? Baba is my papa. The two girls put pomelo skins on their heads like hats and do cartwheels outside of Nana Ya's new Minan-style home. A gust of wind carries away their list. Okay, my baba plays the drum with me. Let's go get it. The two girls hurry into Nana Ya's home. Here it is. Can I play it? Sure. Like this. The two girls play the djembe together. <laughs> Now, what do we need? We need party dresses. Yes, party dresses. The two girls help each other find the perfect dress. They admire their dresses in the mirror and fix each other's hair. Let's, Let's go, go to, to the party. In the kitchen, Nana Ya's mother is preparing barbecue for the party. Mama, what are you doing? Nana Ya, I'm cooking. May I help you? Yes, Nana Ya, you may. Next door, Xiao Ting's mother is stringing lanterns on the roof of the family's Minan-style home. Mama, what are you doing? Xiao Ting, I'm hanging lights. May I help you? Yes, Xiao Ting, you may. Nana Ya finishes helping her mama cook and runs over to her papa. Papa, we need music. Okay, Nana Ya, where's the drum? Nana Ya runs to get the drum. Here it is. Nana Ya and her papa start playing the drum. Xiao Ting hands the last strand of lights to her mother. Mama, can we dance now? Xiao Ting's mother puts a plate of oranges on the table with the other food. Not yet, Xiao Ting. We need to welcome our new friends. Xiao Ting starts jumping up and down in excitement. Everything is ready, and Nana Ya's parents have arrived. The adults make a toast with Kinmen Gaoliang, and Xiao Ting welcomes her new friend with a hug. Mama, can we dance now? Yes, Xiao Ting and Nana Ya. Now we can dance. Xiao Ting and Nana Ya jump for joy. Yeah, everyone, let's have fun. <laughs> and have fun they do. The two families, one from West Africa and one from Taiwan, celebrate their newfound friendship on the island of Kinmen under a big, fat mid-autumn moon. Kinmen.
Can We Dance Now is part of the Fulbright Children's Book Series. It was written by Catherine Curtis and Dave Peters, two Fulbright scholars who are part of the English Teaching Assistantship Program on Keeneman during the 2012-2013 academic year. The series, Tales from an Outlying Island, was produced by Radio Taiwan International. You'll find links to the books at english.rti.org.tw. together already. It's time to feast! Sit down at the table with Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu on Feast Meets West. Hello, welcome to the feast. And this is Ellen Chu. And this is Andrew Ryan. And we have... Reese Ayers, I'm back. I'm here mm-hmm. again. Episode four. He might sound a little bit different, a mm. little bit nasal. Bit nasal. <laughs> it's not just because I'm British. It's because I am a little bit under the weather. Oh, no. It sounds totally British, you know. Yeah, yeah. I could, be, I could read the news like this. <laughs> okay. Very nice. Well, maybe we'll have you read the news a little bit later on sure. in the show. I'll do that for yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. Well, so Wednesday, Taiwan released the results of the uh, college entrance exams. Wow. Uh, very stressful time for many people, mm. I think. I know. You know, in Taiwan, the college en- entrance exam is kind of like, a, you know, life or death thing. But, you know, for nowadays, I think because people have less kids in their home, the population-wise, I think everybody is able to get in to the school they want. To one one of the college. Might not be the school they want, but, right, you know, right. one of the college. I mean, colleges are looking for students, literally. Oh, okay, yeah. I Taiwan mean, has a very high proportion of universities to its population, right? right. I think one of the highest in the world, I think. Before, before, like, in our days, okay, in mm. my days, I think, you know, it was very tough. Like mm. my, my father, you know, if, if he, you know, passed the entrance exam and got into college, it's like the entire village, you know, entire town will be, you know, throwing firecrackers and saying that, oh, we got a drunk, yeah. Well, they also like do it like they bando, right? They, they hold a right, feast for the right. person that gets into school. So my dad, he got in Taida, mm. okay? and That's the uh, National Taiwan University. Right. It's good. The number right. one. Right. So, so he told me that you know the entire Tsun, you know, he he lived in a kind of like a army Tsun, you know, like Jin one of Tsun, the right? Tsun. So it's like the, for military dependents, yeah, right? Village. So in Kaohsiung, and they had a parade there for him. <laughs> wow! I was like, okay, where's my parade for when I got into school? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So right. I think it's probably because uh, there's there's a low birth rate and there aren't as mm. many people applying to schools. And actually, yep. a lot of the schools uh, are starting to like uh, join shrink. together. Right. They're, like they're combining. Combining because there's too much schools and, you know, they can't run it with no students. So yes. international students come to Taiwan to study. Like Do you get Reese, scholarship? Like me. Actually, I didn't get a scholarship mm-hmm. from my country, but I do get a scholarship based on my academic performance because I'm doing pretty well in class. So oh. I get rewarded for he's, that. He's not doing pretty well. He's actually the top of his class. Top if of I could the just, <laughs> if wow. I can vote. I was trying to be modest, Andrew. <laughs> okay. uh, but that's why I'm here. To help everyone know the real truth. Thank you very okay. much. Behind you know, the matter. It's like, you know, when I say I'm beautiful, I don't say it myself. I ask Andrew to say it. You know. I say it every episode. <laughs> She's gorgeous. Hot babe. Hey, oh, thank you. <laughs> so okay. what do you say about me? She, 
She raves about my cooking, I'm he's sure. He's good in his cooking, yes. And, you know, he's intelligent and he's diligent and wow. he's very anal about okay. his shows. <laughs> I think today's going to be the, the first time that I'll get to try your actual cooking. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. So I'm excited for that because the last ones, we, we didn't cook them ourselves. Mm-hmm. But right. this time, it's something that you've made. It I- is something I've made. A little spoiler alert. It may be a little dry. Really? It's okay. Well, you know, don't tell us. Right. We might like it dry. Maybe that's the the key characteristic of it. Right. Dryness. Uh huh. <laughs> so, well, today's show actually has something to do with the college entrance exams related to Zhuang Yuan. Th- these two characters, okay, Zhuang Yuan. And what is the Zhuang Yuan, Ellen Chu? Zhuang Yuan is like the top student who came out of the entrance exam. Oh, mm-hmm. in the in the old ancient Chinese days, I mean, when you need to take a test to become, you know, lined up in the school to prepare you to become one of the government people. Officials. Like Officials. It's, it's like the imperial exam, right? Right. Okay. So the thing is that if you come top of the, you know, number one, mm. place number one, you're called Zhuang Yuan. Oh. So am I the Zhuang Yuan? Yes, you are. So I far. <laughs> so far. So, so far. far, you're Zhuang Yuan. Wow. Zhuang Yuan. Wow. Wow. Oh, I feel so honored sitting next to a Zhuang Yuan. I know. So honored. <laughs> <laughs> My compliment bucket uh, is almost full. You yes. know, Andrew, you didn't really, you know, say that very sincerely. Oh, I meant yeah. it. I totally did. I wouldn't be here otherwise. <laughs> okay. We only take the top okay mm, that's right if you're not the top then you get you know chopped off that's right go big or go home is what is i it? say right shall we look at what's on our menu today okay all righty in our very first course we'll tell you all about a snack that's related to the scholars of ancient china and tell you why one local newspaper called it the least popular of all taiwan's traditional snack foods oh Ooh. no In the second course, I'm going to head into the Feast Meets West test kitchen to try my hand at making this snack. Wow. You're making it? Yes. And in our third course, we'll sample them right here in our studio. That's right. Uh, But we're going to start off with a song, and this is actually a topical song. I can't believe that we actually have a song related to the food we're eating Mm -hmm. so closely. It is called Hang Hang Tzu Zhuang Yuan. it means that, you know, whatever occupation you're in, there there's, you know, always a number one. Yes. Okay. We're three in here. So who's number one? Well, I mean, he's number one of school. Number one of school. We're number one of broadcasting. Yay. Yay. I think Ellen's number one of beauty. Yes. Okay. Yay. Andrew's number one of of, of being Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're good at many things. Well, he's struggling. Number one cook in the studio. That we are no, 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 no. This is a high bar that you guys are holding up here. <laughs> uh, why don't we go into the song? When we come back in just a moment, we're going to explain what this uh, snack is and talk about whether or not it is Taiwan's least popular snack food. Okay. Hey, 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 hey. Hang 
First course. Okay, so Zhuangyuan Gao, why is it least favored? Okay, so Zhuangyuan cakes are the least popular of Taiwan traditional snack food, according to the United Daily News, and says that they are hard to find and most people haven't tried them or don't know what they are. Is that true? I have to ask you, let's start off with the two of you. Before we did the show, had you heard of Zhongyuan Gao, uh, Reese? I I had not heard of it until you sent me to talk to other students from Taiwan about it. I'd never heard of it. I might have seen it because after looking at a picture of it, it seems fairly familiar. Mm-hmm. But I've definitely never eaten it. Wow. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen it around for a long, long, long time, okay? It's probably more than like 30 years already. Wow. Because, you know, my dad used to buy it even abroad when we what? were living in, you know, San Francisco or Los Angeles. They used to sell Zhongyuan Gao in Los yes, Angeles? in Chinatown. What? And then he would go and buy it and then give us as treats. And he would tell us, if you want to do well on your exam, if you want to, you know, be top of your class, you need to eat this. So this is something that's like, for you, is like quite nostalgic. Right. And it goes back, when was the last time you had one? I think when I was in elementary school, like <laughs> 10 years old. Mm. So that would explain why maybe Reese hadn't heard of it before. Yeah. Um, to be very honest, the only reason I had heard of it was because I was looking for something that was made out of glutinous rice and I asked one of our coworkers and mm-hmm. they mentioned it. When she said it to me, I was like, oh, that sounds familiar, but I have no idea what it is. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, let's find out what um, the people that Reese asked uh, thought about it. How many people did you talk to? So, I, I'm, I'm currently a student at Ming Chuan University uh, in journalism and communication. And so, I spoke to some of my classmates. We've just started our new semester. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them were Taiwanese students, a couple of Malaysian students as well. So, be aware that their age range is probably around like... 18, 20s, 19, 20, 20 years old. Right? Yeah. So, okay. um, yeah. So, let's, let's see what they had to say. So, Lin, have you ever heard of a Taiwanese food called Zhongyuan Gao? No. No? Let me show you a picture. Maybe you've seen it before. It's this oh, one. Oh, Zhongyuan Gao. Do you know this one? And I've never eaten it, but I've seen it. Have you ever heard of a Taiwanese food called Zhongyuan Gao? Yes. Oh, you have? Yes. What is it? What is Zhongyuan Gao? Mm, it's like sweet cake, small cake. Zhongyuan mm-hmm. Gao? Oh, Zhang Yuan Gao. Oh, the white one? Yes. Ah, yeah. The one in the night market. Who might be most likely to eat this and when? Like when you study, you can eat it. I guess from Zhang Yuan, this name is made for the people who are going to take a test. Have you ever tried it? No, never. <laughs> no? Yes. Nope. You have? It's is it, delicious. It tastes good? Do you know anything about what it's made of? Fla- flour? Maybe coconut? Ooh, it does look like it's made of coconut. Yeah. It's actually made with rice powder. What do you think, Keith? What's it made of? Yeah, I think it's rice. Sugar. <laughs> and then on the inside, it's usually filled with something. Do you know what? Red bean. Yeah, red bean. <laughs> red bean's a good guess. No, I think it's usually... 
It's it's usually filled with peanut or sesame. So we should eat it during exam time. You should eat it during your midterms and finals. Otherwise, you're definitely going to fail. You want to try some? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Because I don't really like the taste. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So I guess a lot of confusion, huh? Hmm. Yeah, I'm not surprised because they're really young. Okay, so I would be surprised that you know one or two of them actually know what it is because for me, like I haven't seen it for 30 years already. Yeah, right. Some traditional foods I think have really stayed around and, right. and are very popular, but this uh-huh. is, one has kind of maybe fallen by the wayside a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I wonder, you know, if you're from a more traditional or maybe even kind of superstitious family, mm-hmm. you might. Be more likely to have heard of it because maybe your parents, if they really believe that eating this snack could improve your score, then right. they're more likely to to have given it to you. So I point. wonder if they sell it at Kong Miao. Oh, the Confucius ah, Temple. Yeah. I live very, very close to the Kong Miao. Oh. Uh, I've never seen it there. Okay. Uh, there's a night market there, Dalong Ye Si, mm. and I've not seen it there before. I really think they should sell it as an omiyage store, you mm. know, product, you know, mm. because most of the people who goes to Kong Miao, they go there to pray to allow their kids to have good grades mm-hmm. or pass the entrance exam. And, you know, going out the store, you know, they would buy a Zhong Yuan Gao, right? Just oh, for absolutely. luck. absolutely. That's a good business Marketing. idea. Let's do it. Kong Miao, come and talk to us, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And there's this actually another god. uh, It's the Taoist god of culture and literature, Mm -hmm. Wen Chang Di Jun, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think a lot of people will will pray to this god around test time as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's one of these gods at the Confucius temple. I think there's one of the or at these the, uh, gods in many of the temples. Many He's of the temples will have them. One of the side gods. Yeah. yeah. So people will actually tell them their like their test number and their like their full name and what, ID number. What exam they're taking, like SAT or TOEFL. Mm-hmm. And so people actually put these out out as an offering to the god as well. These mm-hmm. Zhongyuan oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. So, there's another interesting uh, use for them. Some people will use them as wedding gifts. This, uh, I don't know. I had only heard of this recently. It may be just right. one company that's doing it, but it says that in central Taiwan, the woman's family will prepare these cakes for the groom in the hopes that they may become an expert in their field. Oh, okay. But nowadays, because both the woman and the men are working and they're all career people, then who do you offer it to? Everybody has to give it. Right. <laughs> and the reason that they call this strong yuan gao is because, you know, uh, the shape of it. They say it looks like the hat of the scholar. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of like a cylindrical shape that gets bigger at the bottom or the top. Mm. So I actually made a little present for you guys. Ooh. Um, you made it? Yes. Do you guys? What, what color do you want? <gasps> pink. Pink. Oh hey, no! Come on. Okay, pink Ellen. It's mine. Okay, look. You can have pink. pink. Oh my god! I, Where I, did this guy come from? Okay, I'm stealing your pink. <laughs> exactly. You cannot steal Ellen's shoes. Pink. I, 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 as I was making, it, I was like, I should probably make two pink ones. <laughs> I uh, can see your pink lover. Uh, too. I'm wearing a pink t-shirt as we speak. Oh okay. no! I'll take blue. I'll take blue. You'll take blue. You okay. can keep the pink clips today. Okay. Because okay? <laughs> I stole a and lot. Right? Ellen is also wearing pink headphones and has a pink sweater and a pink pencil case on the table. Right, and pink pen. Oh my okay. I have a pink uh, motorcycle helmet. You do. (laughs) Sponsored by Pink. (laughs) So uh, what I have given them is each a an origami uh, hat. It's a uh, Zhongyuan Mao. It's a it's a hat worn by the Zhongyuan. Cute in ancient China. So cute. I'm not sure which way up it goes. It goes like this. Okay. This. So you just pull it apart. Yep. 
And then it has two little flaps on the left and the right. Okay. Mm. And then it has an upright kind of flat surface along the front of it. So there you go. Ellen's taking a selfie with her pink hat on. I'm going to... This is cute. Okay, so this is the hat that the scholars would wear. Like any scholar or only the Zhuangyuan? I think only the Zhuangyuan. I think each of the different level scholars, they have like different hats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is where the shape of the cake comes from. (laughs) Yes. Um, Now I have to say the ones that you buy in the market are kind of shaped like this. Uh Uh-huh. The ones that I'm going to make in today's show, not shaped like that's this. Why, that's why he used the paper to build a origami hat, because yes. he doesn't want to confuse us okay. that, you yes. know, that's the... You could serve the Zhongyun inside this. It's cute. That would be super cute. This is cute. I think oh. when we set up our little stand selling Zhongyun Gao, we'll have actual hats that people can wear and take selfies sure. with. Yeah, this is cute. I'm, I'm, see- I'm seeing a very marketable idea here. I like this. Let's we're, go into we're business. We're going to Kongmiao after our show, you know, yeah, and we're going to do this marketing pitch. <laughs> to them uh-huh so one final question before going to the uh the kitchen uh what what are the flavors that they use in zhongyangao and actually ellen do you know what zhongyangao are made out of i think there's like sesame peanut mm-hmm. and uh glutinous rice yeah they're made out of right? glutinous rice and also no. flour uh, no flour, no but flour? rice flour, like oh. xylai mifen okay so it's rice flour glutinous rice flour mm-hmm. and uh Powdered sugar, sugar and mm-hmm. water are kind of the base of the oh. the, mm-hmm. the actual cake okay. itself. Uh, and then you're right. The two major fillings are sesame and peanuts. Uh, spoiler alert. I'm going to make one special one for Ellen Chu based on a flavor I know she likes. Coffee. Ooh. <laughs> uh, ooh. It's not coffee. You're, no? You're super close. Okay. Um, but we'll find out when we come back in our second All course. Right. Super. First, a song. What are we going to play for a song? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's called Okay, so <laughs> That's a great name. It's called When a Test Comes, Everything Else Screw It. <laughs> I like it. That's a okay. good translation. Yeah, yeah. All right, have a listen to this. When we come back, I'm heading into the Feast Meets West Test Kitchen in our second course. You're listening to Feast Meets West. Second course. We're back on the second course of today's Feast Meets West, and I'm coming to you from the Feast Meets West Test Kitchen, and I'm going to try to whip up a batch of Zhongyuan Gao, or these glutinous rice cakes that uh, students will sometimes eat right around test time in order to give them a little extra good luck. 
Now, I'm just starting to assemble my ingredients. Uh, I've measured out 100 grams of rice flour, 15 grams of glutinous rice flour, and 10 grams of powdered sugar. And uh, I'm just pouring in 65 grams of water. I'm just mixing that all together. Now, it started to uh, chunk up a little bit, so I'm just going to push it through a fine sieve. Uh, and the reason is, is we want to separate all of the uh, grains out. And it's actually just starting to look a little bit like white sand as I press it through the sieve. Um, it's going to take a couple minutes, I think. So <laughs> we might as well play some music uh, when I'm done pushing this mound of white uh, powder through the sieve. Uh, we'll continue on with the recipe. All right, super easy now. I'm just gonna take this uh, white powder mixture, uh, which is just a little bit moist, because it's got the water in there, and I'm going to uh, spoon it into some small cups. Now, I'm just using uh, tiny little cups that fit into the palm of my hand, uh, which are just suitable for a tiny little dessert. Doing a layer of the powder, and then I'm adding a layer of uh, the black sesame mixture, uh, which I have here. And then one more layer of the white powder. And then I'm just gonna dab a little bit of the uh, uh, black sesame powder on top just to give you a, an idea of what is inside this strongman cake. All right, so I'm gonna repeat that with uh, about eight little cups. Uh, but first, before we get to those eight cups, I'm going to uh, tell you about a special one I'm gonna make for Ellen Chu. Now I know that she loves strawberry. So I've got a little strawberry jam here. I'm gonna just put that inside one of them. Now I've heard the uh, galas can it can be very dry. So maybe with the addition of jam inside this one, it'll be a little bit less uh, dry on the tongue. All right now, so I'm just placing the cups on a metal tray inside my electric steamer pot. I've got one of those Taiwanese Datong Dian Guo. Uh, and I'm adding two cups of water to the outside. So that's the uh, water that's gonna steam these little gall. Uh, and then I'm placing a tea towel over the top of the pot and then putting the lid on. And now from here, we just uh, press down the button and uh, when it pops up, should be done steaming. So uh, how's this gonna taste? Really hard to say, uh, but first we have another song. This is called Zhuangyuan, and it's by Huang Li Xing. Basically, the lyrics, it's very interesting. It's in Taiwanese, uh, and it's saying, My dad always thinks that I'm a, a useless kid, uh, and it's very embarrassing for him. The dad is always telling the kid, Look at your uh, hardworking friends. You should be more like them. And then he tells his father, Stop hammering on about this. I don't think I'm going to be a scholar like the others. So there you have it. It is a song again called Zhuangyuan by Huang Lixing. Much more to come when the feast continues and we're going to find out in our third course how well I did and whether or not Reese and Ellen will appreciate this little attempt. Just a boy. Michael, go, Michael, go, I'm guilty, Michael, go, Michael.
third course. Okay. I'm uh, actually flattered, you know. It's because... It you're looks, flattered? Yeah, because that you went through all the trouble to make this for us. Of course, anything for you, Miss Chu. And I think, you know, from the looks of it, I think it's good. It looks pretty good. It's very cute. Nice. It looks tasty. Do you want to describe the color and maybe the smell yeah. and the flavor? It's kind of like a white, uh, almost sponge cake-like texture. And then mm -hmm. it's got the black, what I'll assume is sesame paste, on top and also in the middle. Mm. Yes, uh, and try. when you smell it, it has the glutinous rice smell. Mm -hmm. A strong mm -hmm. glutinous rice. This okay. taste of black... Of sesame, mm -hmm. for me, is very indicative of, of, like, living in East Asia. Oh, really? Yeah, this is... Because I, I guess I've been living in China and Taiwan for the last 10 years. Mm. And this is one flavor that I think, when I'm older, will make me feel nostalgic for this part of the world. Because mm. we don't really eat black sesame so much in the West. At mm. all. No. At all. What do you think, Alan Chu? Does it taste right? <laughs> It tastes right. I mean, all the flavors are in place. The sweetness and the sesame mm -hmm. flavor and also gluten and rice. Yes, a little bit dry. <laughs> <laughs> tastes a little bit like a desert after a summer rain. <laughs> it is good, though. It's a good balance of sweet and savory. Mm. Mm. It's not too sweet, which I find often desserts in Taiwan can be very overpowering with their sweetness. Ellen's going to try the special one. Go ahead. What do you think it is before you get in there? Hmm. Hmm. It's kind of like a brown, almost jam-like texture. Yeah. Mm. What is that, Ellen? What does I'm it smell thinking. like? All right, just dig in. Okay. <laughs> it's plum? Put it in your mouth. Plum. It's not plum. It does look like plum. That's a good mm -hmm. guess. Strawberry jam. Yes, mm. it is. Mm. Mm. Try it. Let me try. Does okay. the strawberry make it, because it's a jam, not a powder, does it make it a little bit more moist? A little bit more, but it just tastes like, you know... A strawberry jam sandwich. Oh, it does, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. A yeah. jelly sandwich. It reminds mm -hmm. me of, you know, when you go to like a breakfast place in Taiwan right. and then they serve like right. that strawberry jam on bread. Exactly. <laughs> it's good though. You can never go wrong with strawberry mm. jam. The sesame is good. Yeah. If it's not that dry, <laughs> it should be fine. So are we now all suddenly going to become super intelligent beings? I feel smarter already. Mm -hmm. I feel do like you look, a Zhongyue. Do you look smarter? Do you think we look smarter by eating it? Eating these little things out of these little metal... Uh, I, I feel smarter. I feel like we should have prepared some like hyper-intelligent questions for each other. I know. A little Mensa test. Ellen. Test your EQ. Yeah. What's Newton's third law? Third law? Oh, okay. That's like speed E... MC square. <laughs> I think cares? we're just as dumb as we were before we had them. <laughs> Sorry. But I'm, I'm definitely okay. feeling more satisfied. Oh, right. really? No, I've had it. It's good. It's good. Well, I will say that mm. when it came straight out of the steamer, it tasted moist, more moister. Mm -hmm. Then what happened? Is that a word? More moister. Okay. Moisterish. And mm -hmm. then uh, during the 30 minutes it took me to get them to you, okay. I think uh, it, they became a little arid. Okay. Mm. Yeah. 
Airhead yeah. and not Airhead, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Jerry's still out on that one. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, the problem that we're not getting smart because it was Airhead. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, I'll exactly. take the blame on that one. <laughs> okay. They're delicious, Andrew. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you. Good. I really Thank like you. those. Okay, you should bring some for your, you know, classmates. Yes. Mm. Oh, yes. That would, Let's yeah. do that. I've got, uh-huh. I've got school tomorrow. I'll take some in. Unless, right. you, uh, unless you still want to be number one, maybe you should... Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah. Maybe you I should... should hog it yeah, and just yes. clear yourself. I think that's a smart idea. You know what they yeah. say, a Zhuang Yuan, a, a Zhuang Yuan Gao a day keeps the... Keeps, keeps the brain going every day. Keeps the competition <laughs> away. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's good. A that's Zhuang Yuan Gao a day keeps the competition, competition away. away. There we that's are. That's good. Okay. Well, if you enjoyed today's show, do send us a letter. Ellen Chu, you want to give the addresses? Yes, P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. And email us at androo at rti.org.tw. Okay, so uh, next week? Next week, we're going to have a fantastic show for you. We are going to be, in honor of Women's Day, Wow. we are going to tell you about the Julia Child of Taiwan. Ooh. A fascinating, fascinating woman with an amazing story. Mm. Yes. And I'm going to be doing a... You know the movie uh, Julie and Julia? Yes, we started a whole show because of that. Yeah, well, I'm going to be trying to make one of Fu Pei Mei's dishes. Mm. You know, my mom, she basically cooked Fu Pei Mei, you know, uh, recipes every single day. Are you serious? That's amazing. Perfect. Yeah, because, you know, when we were living abroad... It's like she's always like using this 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 cookbook from Fu Pei Mei. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And we're going to tell you all about it. She wrote 30 cookbooks. That's a lot that? of cooking. She's yeah. like the most influential, you know, uh, well, I guess cooking TV teacher. Chef? TV, mm. yeah. TV chef, right? Yeah. It's not Yang Kang Cook. Nope. It <laughs> it's isn't. Fu Pei Mei. Fu Pei Mei. Well, well, we'll be learning all about her next time. Yes. Uh, yeah. Her story is amazing. I'm excited. Yes. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's celebrate women. Yes, Thank let's you. do it. Final song today. This is also called Hang Hang Tu Zhuang Yuan. Wow. So, uh, an expert in every industry. And this is by Xu Ziqi. For Feast Me Sass, I'm Andrew Ryan. And this is the Zhuang Yuan, Ellen Chu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the real Zhuang Yuan, <laughs> oh, yes, Reese okay. Ayers. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. Right, bye bye. Bye.
来走倒去，生活全然无滋味。时代问我将来做过日子，其实我拢无算计。只是机会也袂来，总有一天你会为我感到光彩。我相信行行出状元，每一个人拢会有伊的所在。不管会面对啥物困难，只要有心，拢会变简单。人在讲行行出状元。Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw. Our 60-minute English program can be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In Southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6185 kilohertz. In South Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. You can also email us at rti at rti.org.tw.